Do we even know how long five minutes is? Go get into warrior two and hold that pose or any pose, stand still, sit for meditation, do something and do not move for five minutes. And you will realize that busy has nothing to do with your calendar because there is an immense amount of moments in five minutes. Hey, YT community, it's Jess and Beej. We're here for our October edition of Ask the YTs. This is episode 77, which we just confirmed several times. Right, Beej? Episode 77. Seven. Yeah, and so we've got a few things we want to chat about today. We've got some questions that we're going to take. The first thing I want to do is just thank everybody for their support. We're actually, as I'm doing this, we're doing a little video, behind-the-scenes video for our Patreon people. So let's just start there. You so guys what is Patreon? Amazing. Let's first explain what Patreon is, because when we talk about it, people are asking, like, what is Patreon? Well, what is Patreon, BJ? Patreon is a service that we provide it. for our podcast, which allows you to uh, support the podcast with any amount of money you wish. So it can be 50 cents, it could be $30, it can be $50, it can be $100 a month. And the money goes directly to the podcast. So on this Patreon page that we've built out, we supply content to those patrons who do donate. So if you do donate, you're going to get extra coverage of the podcast. And that could be in the form of video enhancements or a little extra uh, mic time because usually we leave it running after the podcast is done. And that's sometimes where we get a little get a little messy and, and find some some true meaning behind our guests. So well, it's like we're super warmed up at that point, and so when we just keep it rolling, it's there's always more meat that comes out. So yeah, I love those mi- I love those minutes after the after the official podcast ends. So we've been putting those minutes from all of our guests up there. And uh, last week we were with Eric Lagerstrom, and we were talking about what were we talking about in the about putting like like living your passion and your profession, but then how you have to find this balance of like not putting demands on it, but living right, it with right. your full heart and, and when like he did, trusting. And when he did put demands, oh, you guys got to, you guys got to be patrons to, yeah, to find out what happened. Out what happened. So I was just about to it. give it away. Yeah. So Eric Lagerstrom is a professional triathlete who races at the international triathlon union level. So uh, pretty, pretty top level athlete. He was here in Southern California. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's number 76, please do. Yeah, it's awesome. I I said it in the intro. Like, I love this guy. I hope he doesn't think I'm like psycho for him because I just love him. He's he's amazing. He's uh, he's a wise old soul. So if you haven't listened to that one, we're getting some great feedback on that. Yeah. So thank you everyone for supporting the show through Patreon. Courtney, uh, shout out to Courtney from Kauai, who is a fan of the show, and she is a recent pledger. And then Scarlett. Thank you, Scarlett. She is also a pleasure, and she's going to get a double intro today because the next thing we want to do is welcome our new athletes. And Scarlett is a beautiful, beautiful woman that we met in Santa Rosa when we taught. Oh, did you just get the chills? I'm getting chills. Yeah, that's super. These sweet. stories are just—they're so—they're so—they're just so random. But they're not random. There's no it's, randomness. It's, it's exactly how it's supposed to be. So go ahead, continue with the story because this is really cool. So we taught yoga up at uh, Ironman Santa Rosa in July, and this is where we met Scarlett. She came and rolled out her mat with us and practiced yoga. And I just loved her energy because 
there was a, there were, we had several people that came to yoga and some people were, you know, really, really nervous about it and, you know, or, or questioning the, the what ifs and, and falling into the doubts and, you know, they're showing up for yoga. So they're, they're pretty darn cool as it is, right? Like they, they have, they're able to, to see that yoga can help them. But there was like something about Scarlett that was so special that I remember she was just, she felt like the kind of person that could just roll with it and stay fluid. And she had a magnificent day out there in a way. And when I say that, I mean, like it really challenged her. And I saw her after the race that day when I went to get your bags and stuff. And we, we literally like we held hands, like I just held her hand and we looked into each other's eyes and we had this really beautiful exchange. And then she showed up in our life like a month or so later and then just signed on to be an athlete. So, and you were saying how much you just enjoy coaching her, even in these few short weeks that you've been yeah, doing it's, it. It's I don't even think it's been a week. It might even be the first week or second week. But her zest for learning and and her her commitment to getting out there and and she's plant-based now. She's She is? Yes. That's so cool. Yes. And I don't know how much I want to reveal, but or how much she wants you to reveal. How much she wants so. me to reveal, but she's <laughs> she's on the path. She's on yes. this warrior path. So what is the warrior path? The warrior path is taking on life's challenges f- with full force and it's challenging and it's difficult and you know it is, but you continue to keep going and you continue to keep going and moving forward. And so Scarlett is on this path. We're going to get her to finish an Ironman. Absolutely. Yeah, she's going to get herself to finish the Ironman for She's sure. going to get herself. But we, we give her the tools. Your guidance. She's right. going to get there. Right. So welcome Scarlett to the team, and then welcome Megan to the team, who came to us uh, random, like okay, randomly again. But she found us online, and her draw into Yogi Triathlete was the mindfulness piece, right? The fact that like we were going to put yoga on her training schedule, and she liked that, and and she's training for a marathon right now, and um, you said she's she's loving the workouts. She's loving it. So it's it's the it's the case of. A, rare, a fit athlete that has done this type of training, but needs the varying type of training to maybe push that performance up a few notches. Yeah, because she's got the endurance, she's got totally, the volume, totally. But you're just like throwing this new way to train at her, right. and it seems like her body's responding really well. And right now it's marathon, but soon after the marathon, she's going to be joining us for a triathlon. Yes, she is. So that's awesome. Welcome, Megan. And then we've got Gary. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Building up the, the male <laughs> contingency. And uh, Gary lives in, he lives in Long Island, right? Yep. All right. Well, Gary, I'm going to be in New York City for like 10 days in a couple weeks. So if you're in the city, let me know. We'll grab some coffee or tea or something vegan because he wants to move more into a plant-based lifestyle, right? Absolutely. Awesome. He found the place. Yeah. So cool. And he's new at triathlon? New at triathlon. So he's going to be doing a duathlon, I believe, in a few weeks. And then after that, we're going to be training him for a sprint triathlon uh, early early next season in Jersey. So it's it's happening. It's so cool. Like, yeah, we're just, we're so excited. And I have some new meditation students and I, I like to just kind of keep that quiet who those people are, but that's building as well. And it's just really beautiful to see these super high level athletes seeking higher levels, like a new higher level. Because when you've, you've done Ironman and you've done big ultras and you've done all this stuff, it's like, what's next? So you can keep, you can keep searching that 
that next intensity in the physical realm, or you can go in a different direction and you can search for it in a way of, of mastery, right? Metaphysical, beyond physical. And that's where you could go back and just be doing 5Ks or you could come to a yoga class and just stand up and fold for an hour, but you could do the same thing or you could do something that maybe you wouldn't now think would be a challenge, but you do it in a way in this new mindset where it's like a mindset of wonder. And that is like true advanced high intelligence stuff because you're seeing like the elements of a moment. So there's the moment and then there's the elements of the moment and that's super high level stuff. And so that's where we're headed. Some people are very, very much on their way there and some are just like wanting to be able to sleep at night. So if that interests you, contact us. So anyway, welcome new athletes, Patreon people, you're amazing. Listeners, you're amazing. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for showing up every week. And, um, and it's just, it's, the show is nothing without you guys and our guests, amazing guests that just keep saying yes to us. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And we've got amazing guests in the lineup too. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Oh man. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. So moving on, let's talk about the Mendocino 50K, which what is... is the Mendocino 50K? Because I'm supposed to be running an ultra marathon actually right now, aren't oh, I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's not yes. happening. Because a lot of, if you listen to the show, then you know that last year I was doing some healing and then did um, my first ultra and then three weeks later did my first half Ironman. And although um, my symptoms weren't getting worse and they were actually getting a little better, I felt like I really needed a break from everything and were easing me back into running. I'm running now three days a week and then the other days I'm run walking, but I'm getting a lot of activity and tons and tons of yoga. Like sometimes I'm doing two classes a day. Like I'm that crazy person now I'm doing two classes a day. This is what happens when you <laughs> get off the tri bike and you roll out the mat. Like you take the personality into the studio. And so, what else are you doing? Strength training. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of strength training and swimming, which I love so much. So Mendocino 50K is absolutely something that we are going to be at. I'm going to be racing it again. And registration opens November 1st, which is like going to be in two days when Wednesday. this launches. Yeah. Wednesday. So I'm in. I know our athlete Liz is in, like so in. Like she can't wait for it to open. And I cannot wait to be in the woods with our friend Liz. This is going to be amazing. So you have to train us so that we're at the same speed. Okay. <laughs> and we had talked about having a training camp out here in March and some people were asking us about it. But I think what we're going to do is leading up to the Mendocino 50K, because there's some people who are interested in doing it. We may have like a Mendocino 50K focused weekend training block where we do a big key weekend, uh, compiling like workout, workout, and workout, like over from Friday to Sunday, right? And ending with possibly the Encinitas half marathon on, on Sunday. And that would be pretty rocking. Because it's my yes. birthday. And it's your birthday. It's my birthday. So it'd be training, SoCal, half marathon, birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> birthday party. I don't really <laughs> care about the birthday party, but just to be yeah. out there with uh, like-minded yogi triathletes would be super cool. So if you're an athlete of ours, like that'll there'll be no charge for that. So come on out, and we'll get you we'll get you immersed in a really key weekend for the Mendocino 50K. And if you're not an athlete of ours, but you want to train for this race, um, we will come up with uh, a price for that for the coaching for the weekend. It'll be if you know us, it's going to be super reasonable, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be awesome. 
This was a weekend, this exact weekend was one that I look back on my training for the Mendo and I see it as so key in my ability to to be prepared for that race. And so I'm going to duplicate it and I would love to duplicate it with a bunch of other people, yogi triathlete people. Yogis, That's come on the, out. That I'm very choosy about the people that I spend time <laughs> with. And so if you're a yogi triathlete person, you're more than welcome to spend time. Um, so that's that. And why aren't we doing the training camp? I mean, besides the Mendo, we're going to be offering something else. Yeah, we're going to be offering high vibe retreats. So we held our first high vibe retreat last month with two magnificent ladies. And it was an amazing experience on both sides. And we just felt this is something that we need to offer up to more people. So we're going to be offering up a high vibe retreat every month. One a month. One a month uh, for a select few number of people. And it'll, it'll be customized to what you are looking for. So all, they'll, all create, they'll all involve elements of yoga, mindfulness, and training so, and, and nutrition. Um, so, so it's a combination of all that. It just depends on what the people who, who want to come, what their, what their goal is. The, the, ones that, uh, the, the girls that we just had now were triathletes and runners. So we did, we did, we tailored it to that. If you're, you know, more into swimming, we can just focus on swimming. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be customized and that's why we do customized training. Yeah, exactly. And just to give you an idea of like what an itinerary would look like, let's say it would be a weekend. So you'd arrive on Friday and let's say it would start at like three or four o'clock with a group mindfulness session and meditation session. And then we would move into yoga and then we would cook and create dinner together at our studio. Because another thing that we like to share is just how we do all this on a minimalistic life. And then Saturday would be morning meditation on the beach, followed by uh, breakfast at our house. And then possibly, most likely, like some journaling assignments and things like that will go along the way. And then going out for some training, whether that's hiking, whether that's swimming, biking, running, whatever that is, and then coming back for a plant-powered fuel up after that, moving into, again, one-on-one mindfulness sessions with me. So if it's a couple, if it's two friends, we would do those you know, back-to-back, and then we all come together again for yoga and then a dinner that night. And the dinner that night is probably going to like maybe be a dinner out. And so we're playing with some really fun ideas about that. And then the final day would be morning meditation on the beach, followed by um, a little fuel up and then another workout or hike, or we can take a field trip to the meditation gardens in Encinitas and then have a plant-based lunch there. Uh, And then a final meditation and mindfulness session with the group and things, tools and and things and just a wrap up to move forward and walk into your life. And so, you know, who is this for? Like, if you want to just go somewhere and do yoga and things like that, there's places for that for sure. And that will be a beautiful experience. Like if you want to come and immerse yourself in the awake and ready life, then this is the retreat for you. Uh, we're going to do some deep inner work and things that you can take with you. You'll have some beautiful aha moments, some aha moments that might take you to your knees, but it's about like, I'm just thinking of like a can opener and kind of like, you know, opening up your can a little bit and, 
and, and helping you see maybe some things that you haven't been, been seeing. And one of the things that I say that yoga does in this lifestyle that I live, that we live, BJ does, is that it shines a light on our blind spots. And how helpful is that, that we, when we can see, like when we're on the highway, highway and then all of a sudden we look as opposed to trusting the side mirror and we see like, oh my God, there's a car right there. Right? Like being able to see these blind spots, I think can literally like save your life. It can take you off of a path and put you onto a new path. So that's who this is for. We're going to be putting out information this week. We'll be building out the page on the website. It's pretty much done. And then offering that out. And again, it's going to be one retreat a month, December, January, February, March. That's all we're going to do right now. February is pretty much booked. So, um, and that will be confirmed and we'll let you know if that opens up. But right now we have December, January and March available. So three retreats and it can be for yourself. It can be for you and a friend, or it could be for you and your husband or you and your wife. And so they're three days and they can be any three days. Yeah. So if you've got the midweek off, awesome. Come Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. That's awesome. If you, if you have to make it into a weekend, we can do that too. So it's, it's, you have options basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be, I think the key, what we took out of our first experience is that we really want to customize it. So what are you looking for? And understand that maybe what you're looking for isn't always what you need, but we, we can, we can see that. And we do, um, this does evolve from a very present moment base. So we stay fluid with the itinerary and we stay flexible with it. And that's probably one of the most important things that you can learn from living this awake and ready lifestyle. It's alive. It's alive. It's fluid. Yeah. So as one person has a question or as somebody sparks a conversation, they go in that direction. And it's, it's just amazing the detail. Yeah. And, and there's going to be no two that are ever going to be the ever. same. Yeah. That's what's so cool. But the essence, I think, of all of them are going to be very similar but the personalities and where we go and what we do are going to be so different. And so it will be fully expressed for you, uh, whatever it is that um, is coming in that, that is going to be in your highest good. This whole thing is for the highest good, the highest good of all. Yeah. All right. One more thing. Actually, two more things before we jump into questions. One is the M21 challenge that is ready to be registered for. And that is myself and Golden Duffy, who is a podcast podcast favorite, I want to say. We got a lot of feedback from her episode. It was like the early 70s. We'll put a link in the show notes to it. But shortly after we did a podcast, she connected with me and said, I think you and I are supposed to offer a meditation program. So what that is, it's a 21-day mindful living challenge. It's a mind, mindful living for the modern world. And it's going to start the Monday after Thanksgiving, which is Monday, November 27th. It is the perfect time to start something like this. It will be daily meditation. It'll be, they're $21. So it's 21 days for $21, which is ridiculously inexpensive, a dollar a day to raise your vibe. Uh, you'll get entry to a private Facebook page. And on that Facebook page is going to be daily postings, journaling assignments, mindful, mindful living tips, law of attraction stuff. We're going to do guided meditations every single week. We're going to do Facebook lives every single week. Your chance to ask questions, get your answers. You're going to be accountable. It is a challenge. There's going to be a community. You're going to have support. So if that's something you're thinking about, and I love the way that it's been situated right between Thanksgiving and then the December holidays, because it's like, all right, let's see how your Thanksgiving goes. <laughs> and then let's take that and, and 
and create the December holidays in a way that, again, is in the highest good. And then the last thing is, which, which kind of brings us into something that I wanted to talk about is balance and flow, is the Endurance House studio has opened. Endurance House in Oceanside, which has quickly opened their arms to us when we arrived here in Southern California. It was, it's just, it's just was meant as an experience that was meant to be like Matt and Sabrina, the owners of, of Endurance House. And for those that have done Oceanside 70.3, I'm sure you've stopped by this shop. And, and if you haven't and you're going this year, definitely stop by there. But they're right on the 101 in Oceanside. And they turned some of their retail space into a studio. And what they offer there is strength training. And they have a triathlon team where they do their spin group classes. But they're also offering up yoga. And so they partnered with Yogi Triathlete, Jess and I. And we're offering 18 classes a week, 21 days for $21. And come and see us. It's 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 a nice little spot that we are really really working to to build. And you know, just yesterday you had that post online where it showed us like how many classes we're teaching, and we're we've got a lot going on. And I know a lot of people have a lot going on. So my question to you is: You went from like subbing one to two classes a week teaching 11 classes a week. So entering for your third Ironman of the year and coaching athletes. You're building a couple websites right now mm -hmm. on the side. And I know you're doing other things. I don't know what they are, but it's fine. I don't need to know what they are. How are you finding balance in that? I think the balance really comes from having a perspective of what I've been working on in meditation. And that's to be focused and present and to say yes <laughs> and stop deli um, deliberating like w whether this is a good choice or not a good choice. It's, it's, it's jump right in and just act. So taking on these classes has been amazing. It's, I have to show up. I have to be present. And it's been, cha it was challenging at first. And I know you can attest to this when I would get a sub request and I'm like, I don't know if I can sub, I don't know if I can teach this because I really had to put my yoga teacher training to practice. Like I had the teacher training and kind of took some time off and you know, it would flow with you in, in the studio here. But when you actually have to be up there in front of a class and teach, not from a script, not from not having music and not having the experience you have to be absolutely present to teach to the students that are in that class. I've kind of hit the gas pedal and fully embraced everything there is in this, uh, in this type of yoga teaching. And I can say that when you are 100% immersed in it, that becomes, that becomes your priority. Immersed in what? The moment? The moment. In that studio. Like, what do I have to do to be in that studio? I need to get there. I need to prep the studio. I need to sign students in. I need to teach to the students that are there. And then I need to move on. So and not worrying about like, I still have a bike to do. We have to go to the store. We have no food. Right. We have to go to the store. Like all, all of those stuff. things. That's getting too far. And I talk about this in the yoga class, but when you start to talk about it, you then yourself begin to have the refreshers like, oh yeah, that's what it's all about. Because you get to hear yourself. Yeah. Like I'm talking this, I, I be, should be living it. And I am. And that's happened with training. I just finished my personal trainer certificate. 
uh, I'm building websites like, like you mentioned and coaching athletes. So there's, there's a lot going on, but at each moment that I'm doing one of those things, I'm absolutely present. And whereas before in the past, not going too far into the past, but I would say like, oh, I'm juggling multiple things. I must be busy. This must be good. Or hard. Or hard. Yeah. And that it's, it's a waste of time. It's, it's focus. It's do one thing in the moment really well. What's my favorite word for that when we're like spewing our energy everywhere? Leakage. Oh yeah, energy it's leakage. leakage. Energy leakage. It's, light, it's foolishness. With your life force, it's frivolous. Um, I think Eric Lagerstrom described it so perfectly. He didn't even realize that he was talking about yoga when he was talking about being on, like, I don't know what they call it, the starting starting dock before the like the races. And he would just like he just he finds calm and all the chaos, and he just like feels the energy pulling in and building and building and building, and like that is skillful. Pranayama and pranayama is life force management. Pranayama is a whole limb of yoga in and of itself. And so, being busy, like I think I had 17 or 18 classes on the week, uh, on the books this week, plus meditation students, plus, you know, being a little homemaker that I am. It does help having a 400 square foot house. Uh, and writing, yeah, I'm writing more now, and um, and just all that stuff. It, it's busy has nothing to do with the calendar. Busy has nothing to do with the calendar. And I was talking to a, a student the other day who's creating a product, and she's she's talking about how it's like for moms who have like five minutes to shower, and you know, and they have no time. And even like when she was talking about it, she was getting so crazy about like how they have no time. And and I said, well, do we even know how long five minutes is? Go get into warrior two and hold that pose or any pose, stand still, sit for meditation, do something and do not move for five minutes. And you will realize that busy has nothing to do with your calendar because there is an immense amount of moments in five minutes. All right. And that, so that right there is the pure joy of loving what you do. So this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be a coach. I'm supposed to be a yoga teacher. I'm supposed to be an advocate for plant-based nutrition. All of these things just come naturally now because it's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I don't think of it as work. And your passion should not, not be thought of as a job you have to go to and, and check the box and then leave at five. Like, this is my life. I'm living this and I'm sharing it with people and I'm helping them find what works for them to achieve whatever it is they're looking for. And I think it's a really beautiful example of what we've manifested, that we've believed in Yogi Triathlete from the start, which was well over a decade ago. And it takes some time. And I'm thinking about like Julie Pyatt and Rich Roll, like very similar, you know, I don't know them personally, but like what they've created and what they've manifested from unwavering faith and their road has not been smooth and our road has not been smooth at all. And, but you have to believe with unwavering faith and, and to take that even to drill it down even more to like a focus focal point, you have to believe with unwavering faith in the moment that you're living right now. Next. All right. Next. Billy half. 
Half a tree. He's got a question. Billy Half. First, he just keeps trying to get on the podcast. He wants to be on again. He's already been on twice. First, congratulations, Billy, in Kona. Yes. Just over 10 hours. Amazing. I know. Amazing. Unreal. Race. Like, dude, you are crushing it. And I know you're doing those cycling races too back east, and you're crushing that too. So, what can you crush? I could not, but <laughs> I mean, I can't believe how fast he was. And our bud Troy was like 923 at Kona. Uh, just amazing. And then I'm like, holy crap, like Billy's not even that far behind him. So those two need to go mano y mano, I think. <laughs> a little mano y mano. Okay. So Billy had a question. Uh, he says, I think tri- tri- <clears throat> bag it up. I think triathlete transition stories are an awesome way to share some fun and comedy in the sport. So what's the most time you've ever spent in transition and why? What's the weirdest thing you've ever experienced or seen in transition tents, sight, smell, or heard? And don't be bashful with details. All right, Beach. what is the most time you've ever spent in transition and why? You've been a pretty speedy transitioner, but... Except for once. When? Did you? <laughs> in the steamboat, when I came oh, off yeah. the bike and I did a flying dismount where... This race, I think, I think it was in August or September, and it, it was on the cusp of snowing. And I tried to do this. Fly, I was like hammering through the, the bike, and I went to go do a flying dismount, my first one, and ripped my groin. <laughs> I think it was your gracilis, like right at the attachment. It was pretty pretty r- high up. And you were you were racing too, so I had to just sit in transition. Just I just sat there. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't walk. It was so painful. Uh, so I can't remember how long I was there. You were there for the rest of the race. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much just, just laid up (laughs) watching it snow. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember being out there. Oh my God, I haven't thought about this in so long. And I was out there on the run and I was like, I haven't seen him yet. I haven't seen him yet. I haven't seen him yet. And, but then I I remember just being like, Oh, just be here now. Like just race your race. It wasn't that long. It was kind of a weird distance between a sprint and an Olympic. Mm. And then I finished and I saw you and you were just like shaking your head like, no, no bueno. And that actually was when we made the agreement about, because we didn't really, because we raced so much together at that point. We didn't have an agreement of what was worthy of pulling the other off the course. And so we came up with the agreement that unless it was um, death or internal bleeding, the other person would be able to stay out on course and finish the race. Those are the only two reasons. Broken bones, don't pull me off the course. Torn gracilis, don't pull me off the course. Like, you're going to be fine. But at least one of us needs to finish. Internal bleeding, death, pull me. <laughs> do we still have that agreement? I believe we do, yeah. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, I mean, even like internal bleeding, like just let me get just, across the finish yeah, line. Just, like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I, I think my we're day's so, gonna go. <laughs> we're so connected. It doesn't. It it. it doesn't I probably matter. would know. Yeah. Yeah, we're so connected. You were thinking about two people yesterday, and then I dreamt about those two people right. last night. That's yeah. weird. Things like that happen with us a lot. Okay. Uh, the most, I mean, this is easy for me because it just happened in May. The most time I ever spent in transition was like a ridiculous 18 minutes at for the whole transition time was in Santa Rosa last year. I was, it was just so cold. The 70.3. The 70.3. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I just didn't care. I just wanted to, I moved to California to be warm. It took me forever to get up to transition. And, uh, and I just kind of sat, I was that girl. I sat down, I got out an extra towel, I dried off my feet, 
I made sure they were dry before I put my socks on. I put on leg warmers. I put on arm warmers. I put on a hat. I put on my shoes. I put on gloves. I made sure that I was all cozy and comfy. And then I left transition and I did not care at all. And that was probably the first and only time I did not care about transition times because one thing that you ingrained in me at the beginning of 12 years ago when I started triathlon was like, it's free time. It's free time. And I was always the girl to judge like, what the hell are they doing in there? Nine minutes. That's like ridiculous. Well, I topped it all with 18 minutes. I think it was about 18 minutes. And which is the exact amount of time that I went over the goal time that I wanted to get, which was to break six hours. Free time. Free time. (laughs) It was free time. But talk about your other... Your other goal in transition, remember the race you did in New Hampshire? Oh my God. Or Vermont? And you were like the opposite of 18 minutes. So this- This is so great. I totally forgot about this. I forgot about this too. So this was a race up in- I think it was Vermont. It was Vermont because I was, it was the first summer we were back in New England from Boulder. So it was 2011 and I was scheduled to do Moose Man Olympic. And what happened was- the Monday before was Memorial Day, and I can say this now because there are no secrets. I had a little bit of pot, and I smoked some pot. Yes, I was a triathlete and smoking pot. And I went downstairs, and I was not present, and I stubbed my toe on this little television we had down there that you had me move back from Colorado, and I broke my toe. And I couldn't do the race. And I ended up just laying on the couch, couldn't go to the beach, couldn't do anything, didn't end up doing the race. So I was like, I need to get a race. And so I remember our friend, our PT friend, I was like, how long is it going to take to heal? And he's like, six to eight weeks. I'm like, all right, in eight weeks, I'm going to do a race. So I signed up for this race up in Vermont. And we went up there and they had a competition of fastest transition was going to like, I don't know, win something. I don't even know what it was. I think it was like $500 or something. It was pretty good. Yeah. And so that's all I cared about. I was like, I'm going to get the fastest T1 because I am good at transition. Like, I'm going to do this. And I didn't wear a wetsuit because I was thinking about all the ways that I could, like, save time. I didn't wear a wetsuit, but I wore this sports bra that was, like, ridiculous drag. It was so, it was the worst sports bra in the world. I'm not going to say the name of it, but it definitely, it was a triathlon one and it shouldn't have been. And had major drag. So I was like just hammering the swim to try and, you know, like to nullify the drag from the sports bra. Got out of the water. Like I have never run so fast in my life. Transitioned, like didn't to like nutrient, like nothing, like bottles, whatever. Like, and, um, and just got on the bike and hammered it. Was it like the combination of both transition times, I think? And just had a, ended up having a horrible race because I did, I drank nothing on the bike. I don't know why I did that, but I drank nothing on the bike because I was so focused on the transitions, came in, flew out of transition, no socks on the run, like nothing, just flew out, headed out onto the run. And then like, was just in a full body cramp within the first mile. I came out and saw you on the run. Oh, it was a nightmare. It was awful. So I did not win the transition thing, but I was like second. And the girl who won it was like professional. So I beat all the other girls, but I didn't get just the thing. in transition time, but the overall time. Oh my god, the overall it was like was a, quite, it was like it was the worst. It was long. I think it was like over a three and yeah. a half hour or four hour that was Olympic. So funny. I was like a nut. I was a total crazy person obsessed with getting the fastest transition. I was a nut job. So 
people were probably telling that story about me because I was like, get out of my way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to win this thing. So yeah, I did that. Um, so that was my fastest and my shortest time. Uh, the weirdest thing, I mean, I've seen people ride their bike full blast in transition, like with their helmet on, which is so dangerous and insane. And this was years and years and years and years ago when I don't even, I mean, I can't imagine anybody doing that now, but like just crazy people. So I've seen that. I've seen girls in total panic in the women's changing tent because they just got their periods. You said, hold nothing back. Uh, like, does anybody have an effing tampon? And I'm just like, oh, girl, like, that's the worst. That's the worst. Like, you should always have some, something tucked in somewhere, I guess. But, um, yeah, and then, I, I mean, I think that's kind of, I mean, of course, we always have a little chuckle over the overdoing of, like, the the whole bike being taped down with, like, gels and new and all the nutrition and everything. And it's like, are they doing a different race than we are? Like, yeah. do they not have nutrition on the course? <laughs> it always, that's always a, and I think just in Wisconsin, I think I did a little video of some guy's bike and he had like eight CO2 cartridges like taped to his bike. <laughs> He's got flat tire karma. So he might have some flat tire karma. I could help karma. him with that if he was awake and ready. Yeah. I could help him nullify that karma. But I mean, it's a, it's a bigger thing. Like you, you get to the point in the sport where you're just like, if it's, if your cartridges are used up, then you're going to get bike support and you got to wait for them. And it's going to, it's going to, it's going to happen. Like, as long as you're comfortable with that, like you get to a point where it's just like, if that's the way it's supposed to be, then that's the way it's supposed to be. And, right. and don't resist, you know? Yeah. Resist nothing. This is what we're learning. But oh, the other, the other thing we saw was remember Coeur and the hot tubs? Oh, yeah. That was kind of crazy. They had hot tubs in transition in Cor- Ironman Coeur d'Alene in 2008. That year, the water, we got there and you had the booties. It's like the water was super cold. It was, in the, it was in the 40s and then the week of it jumped into the 50s. It was very cold. But your feet would, would absolutely go numb. But they had hot tubs in transition. So people were just like hanging out. like Yeah, coming out of the swim and getting in a hot tub. Yeah. And I was like, no effing way. I'm not getting in that hot tub because... I'm never getting out. So I don't know if those people ever got out, but yeah, they, I'd, I've never seen that since like hot tubs in T1. <laughs> the other, the other two things that, that hot tubs in T1. Hot tubs, yeah. The other two things. It's crazy. Is the bucket guy or gal. Yeah. Who come in with the Home Depot orange bucket, like literally the buckets that you mix cement in and they bring the bucket in with all their gear. And there's absolutely no way that that thing's going to fold down to be tiny in transition. It's awkward. So. It takes up a lot of room. Yeah. You know, people are already like kind of like territorial about their, at, at that kind of yeah. event where you, you know, it's not Iron Man and you have your transition bag and stuff and they have this big massive bucket and it's like just, they make bags for that stuff. Right. They're called transition bags. And then you can fold them small and everybody has more space. The other thing is the plastic on the seats the night before. I uh, don't understand I'm, that. This one... If somebody can help me. This boggles me because when you're, you're, you're going to swim first, there's no doubt that you're going to be swimming, right? And when you swim, you get wet. Now you're going to go and hop on your bike and you're still going to be wet. There's not enough time to dry off unless you take an 18 minute transition. Maybe, maybe you dry out a little bit. And get into the, <laughs> if they had hot tubs in Santa Rosa, it would have been in them. I just didn't get And then you shit. hop on your bike. So the plastic, to me, 
your seat's going to get wet. So I don't, I don't understand that. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. And also, you know, let's not support the plastic industry more yeah. than we have to. Yeah, yeah, good But point. I don't get that. Like, people are like, oh, did you cover your seat? I'm like, why would I cover my seat? It's going to get wet. Why would I cover my seat? Right. It makes no sense at all. So if anybody has an answer for that, I am, I am at a point in my life where I am willing to be wrong. So you can let us know why that would make sense at a triathlon. Mm, please share. Please share. What else? Anything else from, um, from uh, what crazy? I mean, I mean, ugh, like I can't imagine what you've seen in the men's. Oh, the big, the tent. big urinal. The, it's the trough. The trough. Is that standard? No, no. Oh, so talk about it then. I forgot where it was. Was it? I think it was in um, Lake Placid. Coeur d'Alene. Or Coeur d'Alene? One of those races a while back, there was the, the big trough and you would just go into the transition men's transition tent and to the left was like this bathroom. I want to say it was Placid. So the porta johns are outside, but inside the tent, there was just like a trough to pee in. And so you, you just would like get off the bike and the guy's right next to you. There's no divider or anything. You're just all peeing in this. Was big... it draining out anywhere? Yeah, of course. It wasn't like building Where? up. I don't know. I don't know. It's disgusting. But since then, I haven't Did seen it. Did it smell a lot like pee? Oh, it, it was warming up. Yeah. Ugh. Pee's the worst smell. So now, so this is better. So now I just run through the tent and go out on the run, just pee in my shorts. I know. <laughs> Which I guess, you know. I know, no s- trough necessary. Yeah, no you got trough, a built-in trough with pee that on chamois. Yourself. Yeah, the trough's disgusting. And I just, I mean, I think that the, the like, a living nightmare would be to accidentally go into the men's changing tent instead of the women's changing tent. Mm. Like being a, a woman. Who, you know, please, let's, let's think about it, ladies. We're so glad we don't have to walk around with those things. We're so glad. All right, running on venti. What up, Liz? Mm, interesting question, Liz. What's the longest run someone does for a 50K? Or does it depend? Asking for a friend. So, longest run for a 50K. Well, it all depends. And I know you're going to hear that word a lot. But it does depend on... Like who you are as an athlete, where you are at this at this point in time, and you know what your goals are. And if you're an experienced runner like Liz is, and you're bumping up your volume, you're going to be moving up from marathon to 50k. Really, the training structure doesn't change too much. Uh, you don't want to go out. Your first thought is maybe I need to run 32 miles so I can do it. You don't. You you really don't need to do that. What you need to do is get in some quality long days and and you want to accumulate time on your legs. So, you know, a long run slash walk slash hike would be would be ideal. So a 50K took you seven hours, six to seven hours, roughly around there. So you want to put in a day that's, you know, four to five, maybe six hours um, with a combination of running, walking, hiking and getting the time on on your legs. There's no prescribed long distance. You know, you can you can read all you want. There's there's probably resources out there that would say you need to get in at least a marathon before you you do a 50k. It all depends on where your fitness is right now. I think that's what's so key about one-on-one training. Like we're not templates. We're individual unique people. So how can you take a template and apply it to your life, to your situation, to your fitness, to your stress level, to your family life, to your day, to your schedule? Like, 
I just don't understand how you yeah. can do that. Back to balance. So yeah. what is your specific unique in, uh, situation? Like how are you, how are you situated with your, with your family life? Like what, how much time do you have? What, is there a certain mileage you hit that you start to get injuries? Like you, this all comes into play. So when, when, if I had to give a, a blanket response, I would say to get in at least a few four to five, even possibly six hour workouts where you're hiking, walking and running. But you could still do like a four, five, six hour day and like maybe you do it all at once, but also you could also do double, a double that day. So you get recovery in between. And again, this is why I think it's so important to have the one-on-one situation so that you can go on the fly. Again, it's, it's unique to the athlete's current situation. And if you want to hit a, if you want to hit a number, I'd say it'd be great to get into the twenties by no means you need to get to 32 miles. I think that's a lot to handle on the body. I think at one time and you want to save it for race day, but I think the time perspective, and that's why we coach a lot on time. I don't coach a lot on miles. I coach a lot on the time that you're going to be out there. And what that time does is it not only gets your body adjusted to going longer, but you get to dial in your nutrition. You really need to dial in how your body's going to feel at three or four hours in and what foods are going to be good for you and to keep you fueled. Yeah, it's such a different sport. Ultra running is such a different... I cannot wait. I'm so excited to do this race. It's such a different sport. And oh, the cool thing about Mendo this year is that we're running the course backwards And I think knowing what I know, running the course backwards is going to be really amazing because the rope climb, which was usually at like mile three, where you're like, you actually have to climb up like a cliff on a rope, it would get backed up because it was at the beginning of the race. And so now we're going backwards and the 10 mile stretch where you come in through big river, which was the end of the race is now going to be the beginning of the race. Amazing warm up. That's going to be an awesome warm up. And then you're going to hit the hills early because they're usually later, and then and then you'll have the the descent down down the rope, which will be super fun, and then you go finish along the headlands of the coast in Mendocino. I mean, oh my I god, mean, this race is so unbelievable. So Jess just mentioned one thing that's that's a great thing about the race, but also it's the post meal, the the burritos, yeah, the beer, vegan, vegan, vegan. The scenery. I mean, Mendocino, California, is an amazing, so amazingly beautiful location. The St- Stanford Inn, which is where we're going to stay because it's extremely pet friendly and it's got a vegan restaurant, Ravens, and it's a vegan hotel. It's awesome. It's so, so cool. But nowhere would you would you see, I think it says like like very small letters like on the menu that it's plant-based. Like you would never, it's you would not never just know. for people right. who eat plant-based. Like, and the coffee there is really good. Coffee is really good. good. And the scones. Vegan uh, scones. Amazing. So I keep saying that, but it, yeah, you just go there and the food is just amazing and they don't highlight, it's not like a, a front in yeah. your face. It's just. And we're going to be doing some cool stuff. We've been in touch with Sid, who's the race director, and we're going to be serving that community in a way we haven't quite figured out what we're going to be doing, but we'll be offering up some cool yogi triathlete things uh, in service of the community during that weekend of the race. So it's going to be really fun. Really, wait. Really excited to get back up there this year. So is Clark. So we'll be there in April and we'll do a little weekend training camp out here in March and high vibe retreats going to start in December. 
And the M21 Challenge starts on November 27th. We got some stuff going on, you guys. So there's like all different available entry levels of of what's going to work for your budget and your time and what your commitment is and all of that. So we've got some really exciting stuff coming up. Anything else? Like, let's just talk about these trigger point tools because we have a, can we, do we have a code on this? We can give people on the, on this new one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I believe so. I haven't tried it out, but yeah, I mean, it should, it should. All right. So we have a discount for you guys with trigger point therapy, but we got, they sent us some new tools and that's one thing that, um, we're not going minimal on is our self care tools. <laughs> so we have like our bin is overflowing, but if anybody uh, is familiar with the Theracane, the Theracane is a thing that didn't make the Red the High Vibe Tour, and they just sent us the trigger point version of the Theracane, and it's amazing on feet, and you've been using it on your back. It's the AccuCurve Cane. This thing Rocks. is amazing. It's on the website now. It's I've been using it for my foot because I've just had some sensation in my foot, and it's got so many opportunities. <laughs> nodules it's, it's all about nodules to 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 use and uh normally you'd want to use it on your back that's what we do like we get into the knots in our back you can brace it and and work it around but what i've been using it for is the bottom of my feet and so there if you look at our instagram account i posted a photo there but we've also got two other tools the stk sleek and the stk contour which are the stick, if you're familiar with the stick, you know, these can these are handheld rollers that you can use on your, on your legs, calves, pretty much anywhere. And it just adds to their line of amazing tools. And the other thing that we had, which I don't think we've ever mentioned, is the grid vibe. Mm. And this is, you guys are all familiar with the foam roller grid and the levels. There's the orange one, and then there's the black one, which is the grid X. So that's like super dense. Well, now they came out with the grid vibe, which actually vibrates. It's amazing. And it fits inside your current grid, so it doesn't take up any more space. It's awesome. If you guys have any questions about self-care and tools and what we recommend and all that, like what, like what, uh, what's ailing you, we can help because we've got a tool for like every part of the body. And if we haven't experienced it, I mean, we've experienced a lot and of we've been using healing. Trigger Point for how long since you were a massage therapist? A very long time before yeah. anybody knew about Trigger Point. Uh, I've been using it. Boulder so, days. Like when they only had the balls. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you're in Arizona <laughs> in three weeks, I'm going to be holding yoga, again, free yoga at Ironman Arizona. November uh, 19th is the race, but the Thursday or Friday before, I'm going to set it up. So follow us on Facebook on all our social accounts. We're going to be posting there. So I've, we've been doing it at Santa Rosa, like we mentioned. We did it in, I did it in Wisconsin and I'll be doing it in Arizona. Awesome. Yoga. Mindfulness, meditation, plant-based nutrition, swim, bike, run. This is the High Vibe Life, and we are so fired up that you guys are living it with us.